coming up on Shop Talk. TipTap really exists at the intersection of those three challenges, right? Needs going up, fundraising or donations, I should say, are flat, stable, and cash is just decreasing. So simply put, we replace that cash in person, right? That's our sweet spot for our solution. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego. And I'm Amanda Ibrahim. And this is the December 2022 edition of Shop Talk with Moneris. Welcome to Shop Talk Podcast, Amanda. Thank you very much, Al. It's great to be here. And it's great to have you. So you've had a big month. I have, and I'm feeling very grateful. I'm pretty sure I know why, but why don't you share? Well, Amanda, as you know, on the last Shop Talk, I announced that our other podcast, Yes, We Were Open, had been nominated for a couple of Canadian podcast awards. Yes, that was a nice surprise. It was. And the bigger surprise was that we actually won the Canadian Podcast Award for Outstanding Business Series. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, couldn't have done it without the help of our amazing team at Moneris, obviously, and most importantly, our listeners. That's certainly a cause for celebration. So what's this month's theme? Well, since it is the holiday season and everyone is getting into the spirit of giving, I thought we'd take a look at charities and not-for-profits this month. Tis the season, right? Exactly. Did you know that Moneris, in addition to vacation, we get a volunteer day every year? Of course. And a couple of weeks ago, my team spent an amazing afternoon at Second Harvest sorting food for food banks. I saw that. It looks like you guys had a great time. We did. It was nice to get together as a team in person and work together in support of such a great organization. We helped sort over 1,800 pounds of food. That's very impressive. So does your team have anything planned? Yes. As a matter of fact, later this week, we're volunteering at Holiday Helpers, sorting and wrapping gifts for families with young children living in low income situations. Amazing. Both are such great organizations working towards great causes. Agreed. Listeners of this podcast know that we've been proud sponsors of Second Harvest all year round and Holiday Helpers provide such an important service this time of year. They certainly do. So what do you have lined up for this episode? I've got a great lineup this month, starting with our featured interview with Mark Jordan from TipTap to talk about how they're helping charities in an increasingly cashless society. They've got such a cool product and so simple too. Agreed. And then our regular visit from Sean McCormick, who's coming on to share some data about Giving Tuesday. I love that initiative. And finally, in the Ask the Expert segment, I speak with Stephen Mattis from RBC about not-for-profit businesses. That is a solid lineup. All killer and no filler. So let's begin with my chat with Mark Jordan. Featured interview. I'm joined today by Mark Jordan. He's a community giving sector lead at TipTop. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Mark, let's start with, you know, the obvious. What does TipTap do? We're a touchless giving and touchless payment solution. What makes mm-hmm. us unique is we are completely standalone, okay. meaning you do not need to attach us to a tablet, a phone, any kind of infrastructure for that matter. You simply plug in our device and you're up and fundraising or collecting payments in seconds. I'm really excited to talk to you today because I've actually seen your devices in action. My, my, my family were out in Newfoundland this summer on vacation and we were touring a cathedral in St. John's and I noticed the tip tap devices where you would also, you could donate your, you know, money for the, the church. There was also a couple of tip tap. What do you call them? Displays. 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 And it was so easy because in this, you know, especially with the pandemic, no one's carrying money around, but it was just, you use your, your credit card or your debit card, you tap there was a couple, I think it was a $5 do, uh, donation and a $10 donation and, uh, and it works. 
Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, faith-based giving is a major area of focus for us, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. So that's great that you saw us in action. Yes. Uh, and I was very excited because I knew about you guys, but I hadn't seen one yet out in the wild. That was my first time seeing it. And it was very cool. So how long have, has TipTap been around? So TipTap has been around for just over four years now. Mm-hmm. Our founder, uh, Chris Greenfield, actually had the Eureka moment in a moment of empathy. Okay. He was uh, looking to tip someone in a hospitality setting and had no cash on him mm-hmm. as is more and more the trend these days. So right. he actually asked the individual, you know, what if I came up with a button that you could wear that would allow you to actually collect tips mm-hmm. from people just being able to tap that. And in that moment, uh, tip tap was born. And since that time, just over the last four years and a bit, you know, we've helped now closing in on almost 300 organizations, wow. uh, literally thousands of programs across uh, primarily North America. Mm-hmm. So amazing impact. We're really helping those who are helping others. In order to have one of these, you need a power source, I guess. You need a connection to the Internet. So you need a power source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devices all get can get plugged in, which is the preferred method. You can also run them off a battery, mm-hmm. high capacity battery. If you're out in a, you know, let's say on a golf course where you're not going to run an extension cord to, right. the, sure. to the device, right? And they all run off of the cell network. So mm-hmm. there's no Wi-Fi. There's no kind of trying to connect with uh, an existing internet connection. They literally run off the same technology as your cell phone does. And then the funds just automatically get deposited into your business account. Correct. Okay. Uh, so we work with Moneris mm-hmm. in Canada to do that. That's how we connect our devices to ultimately the organization's bank accounts that we work with. Now, I'm assuming that there's a safeguard to prevent somebody from accidentally double tapping or something and getting charged twice or multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. So from a donor experience perspective, Mm -hmm. it's the same experience as when you walk into a retail store. So let's say you were in your local Tim Hortons, you had your card in hand or your mobile wallet, you hold your card to the device. There's a beep once it's recognized and then another beep a couple of seconds later. So it is an intentional behavior that's required, similar to when you're at cash in a retail store, which makes it again, harder to make an accidental tap or double tap Mm -hmm. in an accidental manner. And of course, the amount that you're donating is clearly marked on the device so that you can't enter more or less. It's whatever the device shows. What I noticed at at this cathedral in St. John's for each level donation, there was another device. Yeah, that's correct. Every Mm -hmm. single device is what you see is what you tap. And that does a couple of things, you know, in a donation scenario, there is no kind of humming and hawing, you know, what will I donate? It's literally what you see is what you're donating. In a payment scenario, you are able to significantly uh, line bust, as we like to say, Ah. you know, because again, there's no kind of standing in line and punching in numbers into a point of sale. It's you're paying $10 for that beer or you're paying $15 for that t-shirt, right? It's a very quick, Mm -hmm. simple three to four seconds to take, to make the transaction. What's the highest uh, amount that you can do? Is it 250? Cause that's the the most you can tap. Yeah. uh, 250 is the tap limit. And Mm -hmm. we absolutely have used denominations all the way up to 250. Uh, Some of our partners have been using our devices at things like galas Mm -hmm. and luncheons where again, the fundraising price point and the audience is that much higher. So imagine, you know, popping a balloon for $250 to see if you won a flight that Air Canada might have donated. Those types of events. Are you based in Canada? We are a Canadian Mm -hmm. company, a Canadian fintech. We're actually 
proudly based out of Burlington, right. Ontario, which is where uh, Chris grew up. And we work with primarily clients, as I said, in Canada, the US. Uh, we've done a little bit of work out of the UK and Ireland as well. No, I mean, I can really see the potential here for charities and for not for profits, but it, is there an application here as well, just for like a for-profit business and what would that be? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, really three modes, mm-hmm. so to speak, tap to give, mm-hmm. tap to pay and tap to tip. Okay. So in a more for-profit scenario, you could see using tip tap at a retail counter, for example, or in a stadium or, or in an arena to pay for drinks, to pay for merchandise, to pay for any items right. for that matter. Uh, you know, we're actually working with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment right now where they're doing a bag check when you come into the Scotiabank arena. And that is a tap to pay scenario. Wow. Uh, on the tap to tip side, using a tap to tip in a hotel scenario or at a bar, again, very simple integration where you don't have to now reconfigure your point of sale. You can easily track and disperse the funds using our online dashboard. So it makes it really easy to use for not only donations, but certainly for those for-profit scenarios as well. What are some of the uh, trends you see kind of in the charity sector? There's three macro trends that I think uh, TipTap is really playing a role to help with. Mm -hmm. The first is the need is only increasing. So uh, I think a stat that came out from Ipsos uh, recently was that one in five Canadians actually intend to use a charitable service in the coming months, which is quite a shocking stat when you think about it. Right. Giving has remained fairly stable, according to other research from Nanos, which at first glance would be that that's great news, right? Mm -hmm. It's not declining. The challenge is the need is going up. And then what's also happening is cash use is continuing to decline. So it dropped to 10% of all transactions in 2021, according to Payments Canada. So TipTap really exists at the intersection of those three challenges, right? Needs going up, fundraising or donations, I should say, are flat, stable, and cash is just decreasing. Mm -hmm. So simply put, we replace that cash in person, right? That's our sweet spot for our solution. And we're helping organizations to raise more because they need more. You know, we're starting to see with some organizations, the impact of TipTap as part of their total fundraising campaign. So for example, Mm -hmm. Salvation Army Canada, who last year had a goal of $20 million total across Mm -hmm. the country, we represented 11% of that with TipTap. So we're starting to reach this point where we're significantly impacting organizations mm-hmm. fundraising, not just sort of in the, you know, even hundreds of thousands. We're now in the seven digits, which is wow. uh, pretty amazing. One of the things that we talk about a lot is the fact that really, again, TipTap is an enabler. If you're investing a dollar in a TipTap solution, you should be seeing four to eight dollars returned. <laughs> so it's really a high impact, low risk solution to add to your donation fundraising ecosystem. Right. That is, again, it's not a silver bullet. It's not a magic wand that's going to immediately solve all problems, but it's going to give you the opportunity to raise funds in a way that maybe you weren't before and capture some of that declining cash. And the barrier to entry is really low. It's extremely low. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have a couple of devices out with a few displays and we're actually seeing at the community giving level some of the greatest impact in terms of that ROI that I was Mm -hmm. talking about 48 times. It's actually being seen at 
the community giving level, meaning organizations, you know, that might take five or six devices, but they're raising enough. They're paying for themselves almost 16 times over in some cases. So you told me earlier that uh, your website was just relaunched. Is that where you would guide people for more information? Yeah, twofold. So definitely the website, which was just relaunched a week that we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And we also have relaunched our e-commerce platform, making it even easier for people who are in organizations who are looking to pick up devices, you know, might be for the upcoming holiday season. They might say, well, we might have missed the boat. Mm -hmm. You actually can get devices turned around very, very quickly by going to our online store. So yeah, either visiting tiptappay.com or shop.tiptappay.com for that information. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. No problem. At Moneris, we empower merchants to keep doing business their way while we handle the payment processing our way. What way would that be? The safe way, the always connected way, the awesome integrated tools to help you make more money way. We know your business never stops, so you deserve products that never stop working. That's why we're committed to providing our merchants with a payment partner that works just as hard as they do to make every sale. Moneris, proud partner of small Canadian business. By the numbers. I'm joined once again by Sean McCormick, Director of Business Development for Data at Moneris. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. As always, Al, it's a pleasure, my friend. Uh, today, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about Giving Tuesday. And just to give a bit of a background, I mean, we all know about Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but maybe not as many people have heard of Giving Tuesday. That's the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. And actually, I didn't know about this until today. Uh, it was started in Canada back in 2013, um, and now it's in more than 80 countries worldwide. And in 2021, over $43 million were donated online in Canada on Giving Tuesday. So we're talking about this. I mean, it's a little too soon to get you know numbers for this year's Giving Tuesday since it happened this past week, but we could always use the last few years as predictors. So that's why you're here, Sean. In your opinion, what can we expect for this Giving Tuesday? Well, Al, whenever I'm on your show, we always talk about how unpredictable and non-linear consumer spending patterns have been the last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. and, and the patterns on Giving Tuesday were no different. In 2021, we always talk about growth year over year. So what was volume like sure. one year compared to the same period one year ago? Well, in 2021, Giving Tuesday last year, we saw a 37% decline in dollar volume processed in this segment versus the same day in 2020. So a total of 37% fewer donations at the end of the day. That's a steep decline. Sure. Again, looking at the broader picture and how nonlinear consumer spending patterns have been over the last three years, Mm -hmm. that doesn't surprise me. If I had to put my prediction hat on for a split second, I think that there's going to be headwinds this year again, just given the disposable income that Canadians um, have at the moment. There's a perception, and we've, we've researched this with our partners at Angus Reid, people think that they don't have as much money today as they did yesterday. That may or may not be the case, 
but that is the perception. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when it comes to the charitable giving sector, which by the way, is my background, right. uh, that was one of my very first uh, business development jobs was in, uh, was in the charitable giving space. Oh, really? These organizations are at the mercy of disposable income. A lot of times sure. people want to do good, um, but they also want to do good within their means and 37% decline year over year last year. I wouldn't expect that that's going to go down another 37%. Mm -hmm. I think that if the drop happened between 2020 and 2021, maybe that will normalize and maybe that's flat. Right. If it goes back up, it will be because there directionally was an increase in average transaction size last year. So that, that was the nugget last year, the positive nugget for charities across Canada mm -hmm. is that the average transaction size in 2020 was $105. The average transaction size for a donation on Giving Tuesday in 2021 was 113. So we're talking yeah. four or 5% increase. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And that's significant. The trick for charities is going to be to engage the donors uh, more effectively because clearly um, there weren't as many donors engaged last year. And that is always one of a charity's core strategies is donor engagement. Right. And uh, hopefully they'll do a good job of that this year. Should note the top three most popular charitable organizations to give to in 2021 were sports and wellness, mm -hmm. number one, hospitals, number two, and wildlife and the environment, number three. Those are very different than what yeah. they were the one year previous. Previous to that, it was humanitarian aid, sports and wellness, and disease research and prevention. That was 2020. Yeah. So in today's environment, I think that there's a good chance that you will see humanitarian aid probably popular. Um, we see all around us where the cost of living is driving more and more people in into homelessness. Yeah. And I got to think that Canadians, we have big hearts and I have to think that we want to help those in need. And I think that that's been clear for all of us to see in the news. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the humanitarian aid back near the top again this year. Oh, for sure. Well, I appreciate all the time you've given to this podcast this year, Sean. Thank you so much. And here's looking to an upward trending 2023. I appreciate everything you've done for us this year. Looking forward to next year. Have a great holiday. Positive vibes and positive trends being sent your way out. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Ask an expert. I'm joined today by Stephen Mattis. He's the vice president of uh, commercial banking at RBC. Stephen, thank you for joining me today. Well, glad to join you. I'm happy to chat today. The theme for this month is charities and not-for-profit because it is the season, you know, to be charitable. So you're our expert today on not-for-profit businesses. You're going to explain to me what the difference is between like a regular business, like a sole proprietorship or a corporation and not-for-profit in terms of setting it up to begin. So uh, off the top, like high level, what is the main difference between like a regular business and not-for-profit? I think the main difference, the primary difference is the, the motivation or goal of an organization and, and where not-for-profits and charities differ is their main goal is to raise funds, but then take those funds and put them into the community or put them back into the community for a cause that uh, is their mission and they're, they're driving towards. It could be a shelter, a food bank, and, or many different things. And mm -hmm. so really their, their goal isn't to really turn a profit, certainly to be profitable, right. but take those surplus funds and drive them back into the community. 
So setting it up, I mean, I imagine like even just setting up for taxes and stuff, it would be a lot different because you're not showing, you're not supposed to show profit. So like at, at setup time, what's the main difference there? Like, is it just different paperwork you file or? Yeah, really, Alan, not much difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you come in, it, it really depends if you're a not-for-profit or a charity. There's a little bit of a variance there. So not all not-for-profits are uh, charities, but all charities are not-for-profit. Okay. And Basically, it's determined by if the organization receives donations mm-hmm. and if they're registered with the CRA as a registered charity, then then they're a true charity. And there's kind of different forms to fill out when you come to the bank for that one. Uh, and then there's not-for-profits who aren't a registered charity, and they, those could be associations or societies or lodges. And the paperwork's a little bit more simple, but either way, quite easy to set up accounts uh, at RBC yeah. and get you set up with whatever you need, both for the accounts and also digital solutions to help you move money back and forth as well. Interesting. Do you have statistics in terms of like how many businesses are started each year and how many of those would be not-for-profit as opposed to, you know, for-profit? I don't know that number, okay. um, but what I do know is that, you know, when I came into this market segment, probably eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, my eyes were really opened in terms of the size and scope of the not-for-profit sector right across Canada. Um, it's truly amazing and, and actually makes up a very large part of our gross domestic product right. as well. And there's more people employed in the not-for-profit sector than in the auto sector. So a really big, really? important piece of our economy. A couple of examples for not-for-profit are obviously charities and you, you already mentioned uh, associations. What are some other examples of a not-for-profit type business? It, it is such a broad sector mm-hmm. and you know you can think of some large international relief organizations. There's unions mm-hmm. on the public sector side. Of course, there's school boards, hospitals, colleges, all of those pieces too. But just a broad sector of organizations that don't have profit as a motive and are, you know, their focus is giving back to the community. Are you seeing any sort of uh, changes to the not-for-profit segment in terms of technological uh, advancements or, or anything like that that we can uh, look forward to? Yeah, I think over the last couple of years, and especially through COVID, mm-hmm. um, charities have really had to take a look at their operating models, try and become as efficient as possible try to find a way to connect with people in different ways to make sure that they continue to be engaged with their cause and with their purpose. And so there really has been a lot of advancements with digital applications and that extends into their banking as well, just to ensure that that flow of revenue can come in consistently, even when there are interruptions. And so we've seen a lot of that over the last two years and really move forward many charities in their digital journeys and allow them to keep revenue flowing and and uh, keep their organizations open for those who need them over those years. I mean, one of the challenges I know, you know, not, not a lot of people carrying cash around these days. So when you have, for example, a poppy drive or, or the Salvation Army coming into the holidays, there's been a few uh, advancements there too. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're super excited about those as well. We're always looking for ways uh, that we can help our clients achieve their goals, achieve their missions, do it effectively, safely with good governance. And there's been some developments and, you know, one that's developed recently is, is a partnership uh, that we've had uh, through Moneris and TipTap mm-hmm. uh, that's been exciting and be able to offer that to our clients. Uh, there's uh, quite a few clients where that can make a lot of sense to have that opportunity to receive donations that maybe they wouldn't have received otherwise just by having that uh, technology available 
where it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and a quick hit with people, you know, going by, as you mentioned, cashless society. Um, you know, you miss those opportunities, but TikTok does accept all credit cards, debit cards. Mm-hmm. And so love to be able to give advice where we can bring a solution that actually increases revenue streams for charities. So yeah, great solution. Okay. So if one of our listeners has an idea to start a business and it is a nonprofit or charitable business, uh, where could they learn more at RBC? Yeah, if they just uh, go into rbc.com, mm-hmm. um, they can follow through the not-for-profit piece. And actually, all of our commercial banking teams are listed under those categories. So you'll be able to locate us if you're in the GTR region, uh, just under not-for-profit rbc.com and uh, reach out to one of the advisors. And we'll make sure that you get to the home of best fit that uh, we can look after you and, and uh, get you set up and operating in a, in a great way for your charity or, or not-for-profit. That's great. Thank you so much, Stephen, for your time today. Oh, thank you, Al. Appreciate it. Okay, Amanda, let's talk about uh, this uh, December's calendar. It's probably a bit of a quieter calendar this month, I hope. Yes, a little quiet. Everyone's getting ready for the holidays, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what do we have on the calendar? Moneris is a proud sponsor of the annual Distillery Winter Village. It's mm-hmm. taking place in the historic distillery district in downtown Toronto. So make sure you check that out. It's open from December 17th to December 23rd. Okay, that's always a fun time to go over there. What else do you have? We have a busy month for e-commerce north. Mm-hmm. The Holiday Innovator Challenge will wrap up on December 6th with a pitch competition where the finalists will pitch their companies for a chance to win one of $5,000 grants. Oh, excellent. Uh, Anything else? We also have the third cohort of e-commerce North Accelerator graduating on December 13th, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. If you have a startup with a mission that matters or know someone who does, check out ecommercenorth.ca to find out more about how you can apply for the next cohort. Great. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you, Al. Uh, And that's all we have for this month. I hope you found this episode informative. Before we sign off, I'd like to let you know that season three of the award-winning Yes, We Are Open podcast is now complete. I bet you can't get enough of saying award-winning. I really can't. Anyway, if you haven't listened to the award-winning... One more time. Yes, We Are Open podcast, you're missing out. You can binge all three seasons right now. Here's a teaser. I have a question for you. What do the following businesses have in common? A cannabis store? An athletic wear brand? Dog biscuits, a tech startup, a travel agency, hairdressers, a kid's dentist, and a manufacturer of silent booths. Of course, the answer is they all have stories of struggle and perseverance to tell, and they're all coming up on season three of Yes, We Are Open podcast. Episode one drops Monday, October 3rd. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast and the award-winning Nailed It. Yes, We Are Open podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, share this podcast with your network or reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have a payment-related question you'd like to submit to one of our experts, you can email us at podcast at Moneris.com. Join us again next month for more expert insights and data to help you grow your business. Thank you so much for co-hosting, Amanda. Anytime, Al. And on behalf of Amanda, myself, and the rest of Moneris, have a safe and happy holiday season and a happy new year. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk. We'll talk again in January 2023.